0: Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hugh virtual chat. Well, it is a very chilly Tuesday morning here in Winnipeg. We are obviously heading into winter, we have snow, and we are in yet another lockdown. So for some of us, well, it just seems like the new norm, but for others, it is being, getting to be a real struggle. So today we've got a super busy show, some fun stuff, and then also some serious stuff. So let's open the doors to our wonderful guests, and we have guests from Toronto, Ottawa, all over the place today. So it's going to be fun. And we're just waiting. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome once again. We're here at the Hue virtual chat. And hey, now I can see faces. <laughs> just a little bit of a lull. Oh, technology. Hi Kirsten. Hi. Good to see you Charlotte. Hi Susie, love the lipstick. Oh, and there's Rana. Ronna, are you texting? <laughs> doing, no? Oh, doing work emails. Oh my goodness, okay. Well, you can unmute yourselves. I know, Susie. Uh, we're gonna have a big conversation with you and a very special project that's dear to your heart. Of course, we've seen it all in social social media. Save Manitoba restaurants, and I believe is that Priya or Pat, Priya. Hi, nice to meet you, Priya. It's Tracy. Everybody, meet Priya. Priya Panda. She's in Toronto. She's the social media. Uh, manager for Record Day, no, Record Store Day Canada. <laughs> I'm only going to say it once, Priya. But uh, so um, we're going to have others coming on. But I know Priya. I guess we could start with you. So there's a great. Uh, contest and I really want to support the performing arts so especially music and this one is great because it's all towards the unknown artists and I'm sure there's a lot of unknown stars right working hard in their basements being it uh uh, you know pandemic in isolation so I would imagine that there's a lot of great music so I'm going to throw it over to Priya and Priya you're just going to have to unmute yourself and you can tell us more Oh,
1: perfect, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I work for Record Store Day Canada and we're currently doing an amazing contest for unsigned bands across the country. Uh, We're giving them a chance to get their music pressed on vinyl on records, which is something that a band usually doesn't get to do until uh, they reach a certain point in their career where they can afford it. Because it's a little bit, you know, it's a bit more, costs way more than CDs to press. And it's kind of like a, an item that, uh, it's like a bucket list item for a band. Every, every band, every artist, every musician would love to hear their music on records. And we're giving them the chance to do that. Um, the cool thing is yet like you said there's been a lot of time off and a lot of people have been writing and recording and just being creative and and um doing things that they might not normally have had all that time to do and so i think that we will get some really cool entries and we have been getting some great entries
0: yes and so the bands do have to send in a youtube right video yeah exactly
1: so the youtube link can be anything it can just be an upload of a song it can be you performing live it can be you you know working on your song in in your basement or in your bedroom or in the studio um it doesn't matter we're just looking for that that song in that band
0: wow um Priya just tell us a little bit more about the company and sort of I guess on how this whole competition uh came about because it kind of is one of your flagship things that you do
1: It is. So Record Store Day is an international, um, it's a global movement. And what we do is we support independent record stores by putting out special release uh, vinyl. Um, It used to be twice a year, uh, the third Saturday of every April and um, Black Friday in November. But things have changed this year and we've kind of had to adapt. And we had a couple of different drops this year where we put out special Uh, records their collectors uh run small numbers and people line up you know from three o'clock in the morning or even earlier some people stay out overnight to get the records that they've heard are coming out that day and and it's exciting for us to see our work you know see people interested in all the stuff that we put together all year um but uh yeah it's great for the the record shops particularly it brings in a lot of foot traffic some people uh some record stores make five thousand percent of their normal daily uh sales in that day and, and in a small town in Canada that's a big 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 um thing especially in the middle of winter or it kind of it kind of gets us through as you guys know um it can be can be a long winter and, and a long and a long year for um so, so we help out with that and we keep a community around music and records and it's a lot of fun.
0: Oh, no doubt. And we so miss live music and you yourself, um, you know, you're a musician and you play in a band and, you know, and traveling. And I guess, do you have a sense there in Toronto on how it's really impacted the music scene there? Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's been absolutely difficult. Uh, of course the people who, uh, live their lives and revolve their lives around live music have kind of had to find other things to do with their time. And it's been, it's been interesting, but um some like something like what we're offering at, with our competition, hopefully kind of offsets, you know, the fact that we're not able to do something live right now, we're just, you know, we're still giving people an opportunity to have a creative outlet and um yeah, I, I'm a touring musician. I've spent pretty much my entire adult life uh, on the road. And so this is one of the first years that I haven't done that. And I think a lot of my peers are, are experiencing the same thing. So we've just kind of had to um, diversify how we create things. And um, and that's, that's where I think it's, it's been a challenge, absolutely. And uh, I think everyone... Uh, I think a lot of touring musicians aren't used to being in one place for a long time. So we're all going a little stir crazy. But um yeah, it sounds like in some parts of the world, things are starting to slowly come back. And um of course, when everything's safe, uh, nobody wants to be out there when it's not safe. And, and nobody wants to contribute to what's going on. So everyone's pretty you know, we're just waiting with bated breath, just like everyone else for the things that they, that are normal to them to kind of come back, start going again.
0: I know we were I you know, we often have that conversation too. And when will it be, or what will it be like when you go back to your first live concert, you know, not only for us as fans, but for yourselves as musicians, when you step up there, but, uh, guess just getting back to vinyl. There seemed to be like before this whole pandemic and whatever, there was a real push right towards vinyl. There was kind of like history repeats itself kind of thing. Um, yes, we've been
1: having, uh, a crazy resurgence with records that have been slowly building over, you know, the course of our, uh, since I've been with record store day. And even before that um, it's something that's a passion of, of mine. And so, uh, you know, a lot of my, to me, it's always felt very normal uh, to be in record stores and to, you know, run into friends and people that, you know, at at the record store, it's like a little, it's like a coffee shop or a community um, spot for a lot of people especially if you go there like every week or all the time um so there's a community around it uh which isn't doesn't exist necessarily in the digital space um it does of course there's like message boards and um social media and things like that but it just doesn't it's not the same thing just like running into somebody in real life isn't it's 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 not the same as running into somebody online it's just like holding a record it's not the same as. I don't know, streaming a song on Spotify. It's just, it doesn't have the same um, uh, emotional, I guess the emotional attachment of seeing, smelling, hearing, and, you know, holding the 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 record, that feeling can only be, um, you can only get it from buying records. And there's a lot of people who like uh, love that thrill or are experiencing that thrill for the first time. Um, and uh, it's a bit addictive. And I think that uh, in a place, in a, in a world where so many things are becoming more and more intangible, you know, we're reading things on Kindles and, um, you know, we, some people don't own cars. It's kind of like a shared, they share their cars or they do cars, you know, shares and things like that. We own less and less. For some reason, people want to own their records. They want to own their music and, um. It just harkens back to uh, a time where you were, you know, really, uh, you were really attached to your music. You you kind of wore it as a badge of honor. And I think that's kind of, that's what records, it's kind of bringing that back as well.
0: So I'm going to get the ladies to chime in here. Rana, do you remember the first record you bought or or did you didn't buy records? (laughs) What about you, Charlotte?
2: Oh my gosh, you're gonna date me? I think it was Sean Cassidy. I was in love with him yeah. in you know, elementary. School. <laughs> that are the Bay City Rollers. I know. Oh, and then Saturday Night Fever. That was a huge one too.
0: So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. All the Elton John albums. Yes. Um, how yeah. about you, Susie? Yeah, you're you're too young. Did you buy? I don't think so. <laughs> oh
3: no, I have lots of vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> My first one that my, I think I got it for my birthday was ABBA, obviously, and uh, Olivia Newton-John, I think I got for my seventh birthday, which was very exciting. And uh, no, my husband and I laugh about our vinyl collection all the time because we don't have a record player here, but we really should because we listen to it, um, listen to that older stuff all the time. So yeah.
0: Oh, good. And how about you, Kristen? Well,
4: like I was like, on. I've never owned one vinyl in my life. And I'm actually, I feel like I'm ashamed right now. Oh, you know never. what, Ryan? I know. I know. There's, some, there's something
3: special about the raspiness that comes through the vinyl. Oh. There's just something, there's something that's just, I don't know, just so authentic about it. It's not a crystal clear digital sound, it is pure analog and it's
5: glorious. Yeah, love it.
0: <laughs> How about you, Kirsten? Do you have any records?
5: Oh, uh, you know what? I, well, I don't have any records. Uh, my 22-year-old daughter has quite a record collection, and she's—I totally get. Well, talking about there's nothing like vinyl because she's very passionate about that. But my first record, um, I think, was like Air Supply or uh, Billy Joel. <laughs> but do you remember we all, as young people, we all had those pl- plastic record players that you got when you're about 13, and that was a yeah. big deal. Yeah, that's where my head went. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. So um, anyways, the contest goes until November 30th, correct, Priya, for all those? Yeah, so
1: we got a couple weeks left and we're looking for um, a band. You just have to be unsigned and have a have a song that you want to share with us that you, you know, you'd love to see your music on on record, then we would, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Oh, wow. It looks like uh, we're just going to pull up the poster. Well, you know, technology.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we will do that. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, we'll get some. Because you know what, Winnipeg is renowned for all of its uh, musicians, and uh, we know. Hey. I love uh, Winnipeg. I've been
1: there. I've been there lots of times. It's a great. Uh, it's a great music city. Um, yeah, we, we love Winnipeg. I've been there. Yeah, I miss it. I miss being on the road. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, were you performing when you were here, or yeah, oh, yeah,
1: cool. um, yeah? Uh, it's the only time. Actually, I've never been there for um, just to hang out. Although, I'd love to. Um, I spent a couple of days there on the, like you know, on tour. But I've never, I've never gotten wow. to really hang out there.
0: Well, the invite is open as soon as it's safe to travel, and uh, it'd be great. Yeah, to come to a show, but uh, you know, and you know, get to see uh, this great city of ours. But um, so stick around, Priya, because we're going to have uh, some more co- great conversations. So, Susie, I'm going to throw it over to you. Uh, your bi- big project here. Oh, and hi- is that Lindsay? Hi, Lindsay. So, Hello. Uh, uh, so let's go with um, your hashtag Save Manitoba Restaurants and all of that. Yeah,
3: so um, it's been quite a busy couple of weeks Mm -hmm. uh, since the campaign started and has gone a little bit viral. And um, we've gotten some really great press about it. And um, last week we started into Alberta and Ontario. So the goal of the campaign is started here. It's to save Manitoba restaurants. Um, It was before the first Code Red was being announced. So the Friday, I believe, was November 2nd or so, something like that. And um, very scary time for restaurants. They have uh, really gone above and beyond to make sure that their patrons and their staff are safe with the contact tracing and sanitizing and really uh, hyper protocols about um, the uh, shields and everything that have been going up, right? And um, there's not been a great response provincially in terms of funds and financial help and that's been very frustrating to see and um, to experience. So, I, um people ask me like why I'm doing this campaign. And the truth of the matter is, is that I was a waitress years ago. I paid my way through university working as a waitress and slogging, you know, food and beers and whatever. And I always say that once a waitress, always a waitress. You can cancel all job interviews as far as I'm concerned. Just take somebody to a restaurant with you, screw up their order and see how they react. That's all you need to know about people right there. When you're a waitress, you deal with people at their best and oftentimes at their worst. You see the best of people and the worst of people. And so people who work in restaurants are very near and dear to me. They're a special kind of people. You work in a restaurant not necessarily because um, you go there for the people every day. You show up for your coworkers, you show up for your team. So I'm doing this for my From all my people that I used to work with and for all the people who are still in this industry, for all the students, for all the single moms, for all the single parents, for all the people who are working multiple restaurant jobs, just to pay their bills. I want this campaign to be successful for them. So when you order directly from a restaurant, you're putting every dollar possible back into the pocket of that restaurant owner. That means that they can pay their staff, they can pay their food suppliers, they can pay and ultimately our farmers, and that money gets recycled back into our economy, right? We need to keep people working. We need to keep people fed. I'm sick of my cooking. I'm sure everybody else here is. It's really nice to have a break. Right, so the campaign started online, asking people to order directly as much as possible to give those restaurateurs that money back. And um, yeah, there's the graphic. And so if you are on social media, I have Creative, no matter what province you're in, I can send it to you and we can get it out there. This is now on billboards all across Winnipeg with a huge shout out of thanks to Pattison and Outfront Media who came together and said, we will donate some space in our digital billboards to put this up out there. That has been huge. And then as well, pattison Radio locally, which is QX 104 and the Drive 93, they donated some sponsorship tags as well, which has been unbelievable and so supportive. So really the, the goal is to let people know that our restaurants need you right now. They need you to order takeout. They need you to help support this industry. And what I'm hearing from my restaurant friends is that you guys are doing great. Obviously, it's not back to you know pre-pandemic levels, but- everything that you can do to help is really helping. So now my goal is to get this going in Alberta and Ontario and every other province that we can. So we've had some influencers and some people share in Alberta and Ontario. My goal now is to get these up on digital billboards in those provinces and any other province that wants them as well. We've had requests for um, door magnets on your car to put this on so that you can drive around with it, which I think is fantastic. So I'm just chatting with a gentleman on LinkedIn to see if we can get that done.
0: Bravo, wow, no, and it's so amazing. I And just uh, on a aside to you, Susie, on Friday night, there is actually three or four restaurants that we heard that they were full as in taking orders, like they were done. So that's pretty cool. And Priya it's coming to Ontario. So my goodness, yes, all of the many restaurants, you know, just in Toronto itself. I mean, I don't know, it's, it's, it must be really, really hard for them. Um, it is
3: really, really hard.
0: And oh, sorry,
3: go ahead, Priya, go ahead.
1: I was going to say the same kind of a similar thing to what you said. Um, I've always been kind of balanced my time um, when I wasn't on the road. I was always I, I'm more of a bartender, but I, I worked in, in bars. So it's very similar in that there's just been. You know, it's everything's kind of everything that I that a lot of people know and do at their time has changed and um, supporting what you can right now. I know everyone's kind of stretched thin as well. Um, so it's difficult, but if you can, uh, you should support artists, local restaurants, local businesses because everyone's kind of, yeah. the, the yeah, point and-
3: And like you say, Priya, like the restaurant and music industry is very tied. There's a lot of pubs, there's a lot of bars where things go hand in hand, right? We, we work very closely, like restaurants work very closely with musicians and artists to do showcases and all those things. So I really just want to bring people together and to inspire others to help in their community. And this is This is just one small way that we can help. But again, it's about getting those dollars back into those restaurateurs' pockets and keeping these doors open and keeping these businesses open. So many of these restaurants are independents. They're not necessarily part of chains, though I don't really care who you order from, just order out. Um, And if we lose these restaurants, we're not gonna see them again. Okay, so think of like your favorite mom and pop, especially if they're ethnic based, they do not have, you know, the long shelf life that they can wait out this pandemic. We need to help them. And so I'm looking really forward to um, everybody coming together, which you guys have done. And if you, if there are more people who want some signs or want to share on social, hit me up, I'll
0: send them to you. (laughs) (laughs) Susie, I know that we were, I was hoping that Robbie and Talia are going to join us shortly, but um, you know them personally can you kind of give us sort of a feel on how they're feeling I know like the rest of all of us we're so exhausted you know we're we're over the pandemic we're over lockdown but I can't imagine you know these people that no no you know not only is it mentally but it's this is survival for them Oh, absolutely.
3: Um, And again, those are two really small kind of independent places that rely on that customer base. And someone like Talia, she's done so many cool events with like um, the LGBTQ community and like drag queen brunches and Ravi like from Four Crowns here in Winnipeg is doing tremendous work in his community. He offered up the hotel part of his business to women and their children who are living in domestic violence situations and need to get out. Like these people are even in their time of greatest need they're still trying to go above and beyond for their community. That's the kind of people that I'm that I'm doing this for. I I want them to know that the community is there and wants to support them and this is how we can do it.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So hopefully they can join us. I know it's a fantastic thing that Robbie was doing because I mean we've talked about that, you know, two ladies in our chats just how you know, how much more heightened uh, domestic violence is especially in this time. And And actually, November is
3: Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So um, I tweeted out a couple of things today, but um, there's actually a texting line. I'm just going to try and find my tweet, but um, Willow Place in Winnipeg, which is a shelter. And if you need help, they have a phone number on their website that you can text. You don't necessarily have to call if you need assistance. If you're not able to call, that phone number is 204-792-5302. Again, that's 204 792 5302. And that's a number that you can text for Willow Place.
0: Okay. Thanks so much, Susie. Thank you so much, Casey. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to continue this more. Um, But uh, now I'm entering the whole mental health and wellness. Well, (laughs) it's crazy times for the schools, teachers, kids, parents. I know Priya too, probably in Ontario, going through the same thing. Uh, there's just an article in the paper yesterday about all the different stories that you're hearing, not only from the teachers, but from parents, um, you know, and the kids, I guess, too, in a in a way, in a roundabout way. But I want to introduce Lindsay Leipzig, and Lindsay is a guidance counselor at Gray Academy. Um, so, Lindsay, uh, I guess, share your thoughts <laughs> or, um, I guess, what has it been like since going back to school in September to now? Thank you. Thank you for having me on and um, allowing
6: me to uh, uh, join. Um, part of, I think the biggest change from last spring, I'd say to the fall now, is what school looks like a day-to-day. So physically we, we, we are there. Um, Gray Academy is a school from, JK to grade 12. There's about 435 students and about 90 faculty. We're really lucky because the Gray Academy School is in the Rady Center, which is closed. So the Rady Center is the Asper um, Jewish campus and we've opened up classrooms in the theater, in the gym, in the multipurpose room, um, essentially in the hallways. Uh, libraries, every atrium, every space. So um, a day-to-day grade academy looks like every cohort has their own wing. So every grade has their own wing. Masks are worn full-time by students and faculty, and um, we are six feet or two meters apart. In terms of mental health, though, I will say that um, it's definitely prevalence so the fear of of the unknown right of not knowing will we get a case won't we um knowing someone who tested positive um and just sort of the fear of what's the worst case scenario that can happen for our families um students go into sort of that what if world, right? What if I get sick? What if my parents get sick? What if my sibling g- gets sick? And it's really easy to sort of um, really turn it off and sit back and just be in the moment, be in in the present.
0: Yeah. And how has it been for, I guess, yourself? Um, you talked about fear, I it obviously. Yeah you know, dealing with the, with the students and you know, everything else, but how have you held um,
4: out all this?
6: It's been a challenge, it's been a struggle, the separation, not being accessible. Um, so students can't just leave their floor when they want to, to come and see me. They're not allowed to just wander the halls or pop by my office, it's by appointment. They have to have permission. Um, and then for me as well, yeah, it's day to day, hour by hour. I'm also um, eight months pregnant. So there's that as well, of just sort of going to work and being pregnant and what that means. Um, but for the most part, as a whole at Grey Academy and the community, um, teacher-wise, they I think the, the overall morale and feeling is that faculty feels safe Um, they're happy to come to work because we experienced what online looked like last year and how hard it was to teach from home how hard it was to connect to build a relationship with the students to like just how quickly we lost them right mentally and emotionally Um, so i think everyone for the most part feels lucky that we get to come face-to-face teach and learn and you get that reciprocal feedback, right? Whereas online is so tough with students who don't have access to Wi-Fi or don't have a space where they're able to learn at their house or don't have a laptop even. Um, So teachers do I think overall feel grateful and fortunate that we get to come to a place that is safe and they do get to see students face to face.
0: Right well and I guess it's been in the news now too the government is allocating more funds you know hopefully to hire a hundred more teachers but then yeah. it's looking at more to this going to isolated learning so there's been that whole kind of discussion where teachers really want to just to have more assistance in the classroom right? because like you're saying, the teachers really want to be there just as much. But right now, they just don't have the time because of the fact of them having a, a cohort there. And then also having to, to look after students online. I I can't, Im- I can't imagine, you know, dealing with stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And I guess too, uh, let's talk about the teachers there. And I guess you, you're taking it from the Gray Academy. Um, do they feel safe? Do they feel that this is the right thing to do, especially being open in a second lockdown and our numbers aren't going down. And not to say, I'm not saying though that anything's really happening in the schools. So I think in general, the schools are doing their job.
6: I would agree with you. I think that since it's already November, um, cases are not coming from the schools. And I think schools have done the best they can Um, For the safety, I think what we tried in the spring was so difficult, was so hard for students academically and then for their emotional and mental health. That if we were to close down and go strictly online, I don't think it would be in their best interest. Um, Teachers are finding a balance when their kids are sick, they stay home. Uh, Gray Academy has been fortunate enough to hire full-time subs where we do have subs that work for us either half-time or full-time and they float and they'll step in if a teacher calls in sick because their child is home or they themselves has a symptom. Um, Gray Academy has also made it even more safe by saying even if a family member has a symptom, then the sibling or the parent also has to stay home as well. Um, So those that are home are learning online. So if a student is home, teachers are teaching face to face, but then they're also on Zoom. So that way, students are falling behind. Um, I think that the reality is, is that students need to come to school. For the social part, for the mental health, and learning needs to happen. And it was difficult last year. It really was.
0: Yes. Well, we all know. Charlotte and Kirsten, you want to kind of um, add to that, too, like the whole family dynamic. And, you know, I think there was a lot of families saying, oh, I'm not sending my kids to school. I'm going to homeschool. But Lindsay kind of says otherwise. Charlotte? Uh,
2: well, hi, Lindsay. Glad to see you. Um, you know, Lindsay and Kristen and I work quite closely together um, in supporting families. Um, and, you know, I'm just, as Kristen and I say, we're both very thankful that we don't have young children in in school right now. We have, um, both of us have older, you know, 20-something children now. And, uh, and that's difficult in that age bracket. Um, we're just, I'm... Thrilled at all the things that Gray Academy is doing. I'm I'm super thrilled about that, and I'm I'm glad that it, it's going well. Um, I'm just you know I was just thinking to that conversation we had the other day um, with Diane on the on the Thursday show we were part of, and just you know those fall apart um, families that just don't have the resources that um, can make it all work. You know, like not enough room in a house to study, you know, not enough computers, like all those things. And and my hope is that. I love the, you know, the, um, the assistance and the volunteers that you have in the Gray Academy. And I hope that other schools are doing that too, that um, I I was dreaming with Kirsten that, you know, maybe some teachers who could come out of retirement and, you know, offer some free um, support, you know, via Zoom to these children that are, are needing some, a little bit of extra help or families who are needing it just to, to support not only the teachers who are trying to know, work with the children that are struggling as well as the other children, but, you know, to support the families too. Kirsten, do you want to add to that?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I love everything that uh, Grey Academy is setting up and um, such valuable resources for not only their staff, but families. Um, you know, Charlotte and I often talk about battle fatigue, and we talk about it, you know, when families are trying to support um, a loved one, a, a child, a young adult with a mental health struggle. And... As time goes on, you, parents get battle fatigue, and that's where my head goes thinking of where COVID's going and how long it's been going on. I mean, who would have, who would have thought? So, you know, when you when you start to see that battle fatigue, uh, parents aren't at their best. Parents are exhausted, um, yet parents are expected to be at their best to support these young students, and you know the resources that aren't available, like talking about teachers to come out of retirement and just offer time to the community um you know I just really feel for families that that are, are in this position and I am so thankful I have 20 something year olds because um I think about those parents often and I think about my friends who are teachers who are also going home to support their um adolescents and tweens I mean I, I just can't imagine and so I you know, I we need to do more. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like, but we need to do more to support these families and these teachers.
0: Yeah. Rana, I just wanted to ask you because you know you you deal a lot with the Indigenous communities, um, and we're no and we're hearing too that obviously um, COVID-19 has affected a lot of the you know the First Nations communities up north. Um, so I guess schooling is that even. Is that obviously it's going on, but obviously it's difficult too.
4: Yeah. So I can, I can basically only speak on behalf of the ones that I'm basically working with and it's kind of public knowledge. So the ones that um, I work um, directly with, they, uh, the community is in lockdown um, and they do work with the school division. So I think it's frontier school division uh, to kind of balance out um, how they're going to deal with things. Um, isolated communities, you know, you cannot cookie cutter what's happening in the city and just pretend it's the same thing there. Um, so they are doing home packages uh, to some extent. Um, they are basically dealing with it um, from what I'm working on um, on a two to two week basis, basically. Um, but I, to be blunt, you know, it shuts down pretty quick. One, one, one single case comes into the community. And um, these days without, um, you know, as much as people are trying their best, um, there are some communities that have, uh, no matter how many restrictions you put in place, people can come in from Saskatchewan across the river. Uh, people have other ways to come in and when you're just not willing to follow the rules. Not that the community members aren't, but other people are not. Um, it's, it's quite problematic, um, but, Um, Yeah, it's really hard, you know, and, um, you know, not even getting into the fact that, you know, funding is minimal compared to what non Indigenous students get, the list goes on and on and on about their starting point, their baseline is already so horrible to begin with, and not because of their own issues, but because of what's kind of being imposed on them on a day to day basis. Um, but, but on, on the other end, are schools taking necessary precautions? Absolutely. You know, everyone's wearing masks. Um, people are doing what they need to be doing. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, like, I, like I had, I've said this before, you know, both my, you know, both my sister, and brother-in-law and teachers, you know, I appreciate, you know, Grace doing a good job with what they're doing, but, uh, you know, I, I can tell you, um, <laughs> It's not, it's not easy, it's not good, uh, it's surely not rainbows and butterflies. Um, and uh, I can tell you that it, it, on a day-to-day basis, most people are like, well, I'm a teacher, I have young children myself, um, just because everyone else thinks that uh, all the students are following the rules. Uh, there's kids sitting there taking off their masks. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things that are happening. Um, and to be blunt, you know teachers are expected to be the nurses the doctors the like you know like that's this it's too much in, in a covid situation you're asking too much of individual human beings and it's just really not possible not saying that you know going back to uh what 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 it was like in the spring matters but i'm just saying that the current situation definitely is not sustainable by any stretch and i just want to make a note Um, I, I recognize that the government said, oh, we're hiring all these teachers. I think that the question Manitobans need to be asking this government, is that additional teachers? Like, are they hiring additional teachers? Like what, like that needs to really be clarified, because I can tell you that I don't think that's the case. I think that they're hiring teachers, but they're not hiring additional teachers. And basically what you should be having is where you have one teacher and in one room, you basically need two teachers per class at this point, right? Like to help with the online portion of it. Um, And then also just throw this out um where there's special where there's special cases right like not everything is kind of you know i don't know what they're calling it these days but social studies math those aren't always the same classes all there are also specific classes like home ec and other classes like that where you're having different classes coming from different schools still coming in to one place to be taught i mean it's i don't know I, i i i would take everything with a grain of salt um, but I think that people really need to be questioning these announcements. You know, just because they say something doesn't mean it actually means what they're saying. You know, you want to really ask the people on the, on 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 the ground, those frontline workers, you know when they're announcing X, what does this actually translate to, you know, in in a normal public school situation? So that's my kind of rant about that. But I, I feel for them. I'll tell you. I've said this on Thursday. I'll say this again. You know, other than nurses and doctors, I don't think there's another group who are getting, um, you know, without a choice, because it is your livelihood, the, the worst of this, you know, and they yeah. care. Yeah, right. It's, it's not like they don't care about their students. They genuinely care about their students. They, they, they love their jobs. They, they want to contribute to whatever's going on. But you could only ask so much of people um, and nurses and doctors as well. We, we all see this. We see it every day, you know, so that's my rant about that.
0: No, you, you speak truth truthfully. I mean, those are the people, the frontline people. And now we're seeing it, uh, you know, obviously with our teachers. I was going to say, Priya, I guess probably in Ontario, it's very much the same story, right? I mean.
1: You're You're I don't You're have that much contact uh, with uh, school age um, <laughs> children but of course I hear that I mean that I can't imagine you know just being as a parent like all of a sudden you're a teacher, you're a babysitter, you're a chef, you're you know, you're everything all the time. Um it doesn't sound like parents are getting a, a second off right now and neither are teachers. So yes, everyone like she um Rana mentioned is stretched super super thin and there's only so much time in a day and so much energy. One person can be giving out and everyone's kind of yeah um working overtime so
0: i know it seems us yeah the same same story Lindsay, for, oh you know I, I forgot congratulations uh yeah and i and i know and added stress uh but then again if you think you know in two months time or or another month or whatever you know or maybe even now you'll be off for a year uh, what what are your hopes you know even if it's small changes. Well, obviously, if there is a vaccine, then, you know, is it over or is it not? Schools, I think, are still going to have some sort of protocol even moving forward. But what are your sort of hopes and dreams that what 2021 in school will look like? Thank you for that. Uh, Yes, it's
6: exciting. Um, when I do come back in a year from now, I don't think things will ever go back to the way they were. I think that lunchrooms and gym class, um, I think assemblies will all look a lot like how they look now to some extent, um, where hand washing is happening often, regularly, wiping uh, before and after we leave a desk, a chair, our spots, and in terms of the environment and the space, I think think we'll we'll really have to look at um, exams, how many students are in an exam, where they're held, and how far apart we are. Um, The wish is for a vaccine, Um, However, in schools, I think long term, we really regulate and monitor spaces, um, especially those spaces that are unmonitored, like a lounge, for example, right, Where where the kids are just on a free and they're all crammed into one room on a couch. I think we really look at what that looks like and how we can safely allow them to be in a lounge without being monitored.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we wish you all the best. And you know what? Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And we wish all of the students and staff at, at Gray Academy stay safe and healthy. That's great. I'm just now going to quickly, I'm going to say hi to Ravi and Talia joining us. Hi. Thanks for joining. Uh, so I'm going to go right to you. Uh, let's go with Talia. You know, we, we, had, we had a talk with you way back when. Um, you know, and we had a wonderful summer and then now look where we are. And tallest Poppy, I mean, you're you're an icon um on Sherbrooke. And you know, Susie said such glowing remarks and how you really support the, the community there. So what is it now like girl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like I, I, I almost I feel bad.
7: I mean, I'm in the same boat, I guess, as everyone, every small restaurant owner. Um, it's, it's for sure. It's really challenging. We are, like, I am very lucky. My staff is being just, uh, like, amazingly supportive. I, it sounds crazy to say, like, I've been leaning on them so much, you know, and they've just, they've really risen to it. So it's, sorry.
6: Just, oh, it's a dog. <laughs> Just get
7: that. it's Danielle Wait, just uh, sorry about that it's okay Starting from home yeah. but uh, um, yeah it's just it's it that that aspect of it like sort of this is have has given us an opportunity I think like to even come together more as a as a as a team I know that sounds a little bit cheesy but it really it it's actually that aspect of it is, has kind of been amazing. Of course, like the business part of it is super stressful and uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen from one minute to the next. And that, that's really hard, but um, in a way it's kind of, it's kind of been like, it's, it's been nice to just have an opportunity to work with the people that I, uh, that I work with and just like, just, they, they just all, they've just been so great I don't I don't even really know what to say like every single day I'm just like they come to me and they're like you know we have this big idea or like what if we try this or whatever and it's just like the 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 resilience and also just like the creativity has been just like it's just been knocking me out so that aspect of it is is has been kind of like a gift you know. Well, I don't want yeah. to just always focus on like how horrible it is, you know, because then it just gets really dark.
0: Well, so. and you just, yeah, you said that so correctly, right, Talia? I mean, it's so wonderful to hear a good story and, you know, it is, it's exciting to be creative when you mm-hmm. can be and you got to take that moment. Um, Ravi, I, you too, I guess very much like Talia, but uh, I'm really interested too on how you really opened your doors to a special part of our community uh, the, you know, the abused women and, and uh, people in domestic violence, uh, relationships, especially now, um, what you've done is pretty amazing. So you can share your story.
8: Yeah. Uh, so basically my business has nobody in it, <laughs> like, like many others. And, um, you know, just listening to the news, domestic abuse is going up and up and up and, and, uh, I thought, Hey, if I can be an emergency run place for, for some people, uh, why not? And, and throughout this process, I've been learning that there's a lot of men that don't have anywhere to go. Um, because most shelters are for women or children, right? So, um, that's pretty cool too. Um, so yeah, I'll take in anyone who's fleeing and, uh, we'll do what we can to protect them and get them, uh, into the proper resources that we can, um, we are getting a phenomenal amount of phone calls. I'm like a helpline coordinator these days, uh, which is kind of cool um, because I don't I don't have any experience really working in that field. I do have some uh, personal experience with it and, and family members who have been in that situation. So uh, my heart goes out to that situation, and, and it's uh, it's way more um, popular than, than than it should be. And I can't believe the stories I hear and these people are monsters. Awful, awful, awful people. I can't believe the human brain is wired like this for some people, but it is, and um, and no one should be subject to that, so if we can, if they can run here, and, and uh, myself and security can help protect them uh, until the police get involved, then we're happy to do that.
0: Wow, that's pretty amazing, and I guess now that for you, uh, both you Atalia and Ravi, do you, I guess it's a loaded a loaded gun question. Do you feel that you have been given enough support and guidance through all of this pandemic with the government or, you know, I guess the, the powers that be?
8: Short answer, no. no I'm, not trying to any, uh, I'm not trying to offend anyone in government because I understand that we need to work together. But, but the short answer is no, they're not consulting with us the way they need to be. Um, uh, the new loan that comes out, we don't. According to the to the guidelines, we don't we don't uh, we don't pass the, the the application process for it. Right. So uh, my overhead is uh, anywhere from seventy to a hundred grand a month, and a uh, five thousand dollar grant is not going to. You know, I think that grants and funding should be relative to cash flow. I think that makes sense. Could even be relative to uh, PST uh remittance that we have because that that makes sense to uh the kind of money that we're taking in and what our expenses might be related to that um just today my my wife went and applied for a home-based business uh because we had to sell our hair salon and they want to charge her six hundred and seventy seven dollars for the application fee and it's like what is going on guys like like can, can we get our shit together on all levels here? Um, so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and uh, it's just, you're hitting your head a million times, spending more and more mo- money. And it's, uh, the government doesn't see that on the ground level. And I think they really need to get there.
0: Yeah. Talia?
7: Yeah, I mean, I've actually,
8: <clears throat>
7: I mean, I, I, I honestly find it shocking. Like I, I actually have been, have been pretty stunned by the, by the, the just lack of, of of kind of transparency and support from from our provincial government. It's been I, I, I don't know why I'm surprised by it, but it it, it has been really disheartening. I've, I've actually that's been, um, you know, we had a, a mural painted on the front window of the restaurant that says um, when leadership failed, community prevailed because I feel like that has been, uh, the uh, kind of that's been like the the driving thing throughout this entire disaster is just we keep asking the government for information or support or feedback or anything, and um, it just it, it 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 either doesn't come at all, or and it comes in the form of of kind of veiled threats or blames or I mean I don't know if if you guys have heard last week there was this um, they they sent out all of these enforcement officers to all of these private restaurants and a bunch of of small restaurants got fined between twelve hundred dollars and five thousand dollars for like the staff having a beer after their shift you know two people in the restaurant and they come in and give each the staff members twelve hundred dollar fines because they they had a beer after work you know I, I have a friend who um uh got caught making a snack for one of his st- uh for two of his staff after work and they threatened to find him so like that kind of punitive um uh kind of um blaming and and looking for scapegoats has been really kind of disheartening for me in in this process i like You know, I I, I have been consistently surprised by how little um, they've asked for input from from the actual business community, um, uh, especially from small independent business. It's been, we've really, it's like they're kind of closing their eyes and like pointing to a map or something like that. You know, like, oh, this is the thing we'll do. And it doesn't seem to have any, any, any bearing on, or it, it doesn't seem to be based on what anybody is actually going through, you know? So that's been that's been frustrating, definitely, to deal with.
0: No doubt. And so like, we're gonna be going, if this goes four weeks, we're gonna be into well into December, leaves us two weeks. Robbie, what's the holiday season going to look like for you?
8: Oh uh, yeah, so the holiday season's really our gravy. Um, that's where we make our money, Christmas parties. I've got three banquet halls here. Um, Christmas parties in the restaurant uh, and of course the holiday traffic in the hotel. But, um, but yeah, so this year we're, we're kind of just out to lunch on this. I don't personally, I don't see this thing turning back on for, for our industry until maybe January, February Um, to be realistic. I just don't see public gathering being a thing when the numbers are so high. Um, And um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're out, you know, Um, we are actively looking at listing the place for sale uh, no. However, it's the worst market uh, to try to sell any business in, right? Who wants to buy a business right now? Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just not fun right now. But go, go as we go.
0: Oh, wow. It's uh, it's it's heartbreaking right now, uh, really. And, you know, we can only imagine or not imagine. But anyway, shape or form, the public can help out with Ravi and Talia too. Uh, we're here to support. My goodness, we don't want to see you lose your business, Robbie. That's, yeah.
8: That's- no, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be a bleeding heart either. It's just, it's reality, right? It's not, uh, uh, it's, it's no one's fault. But I think, I, I do think that we can handle it a lot better. I think we mm-hmm. can consult with each other a lot more and openly. And I understand that we can't please everybody. That's not how the world works. Um, but we can sure try.
0: Hey, I like that attitude. Why don't you run for mayor? (laughs) Oh, well, you know what? Thank you so much. I wish Talia and Robbie, uh, we could stay longer. Um, I do have an idea though, Susie. So maybe another special. Um, Yes. So ladies stay tuned. My panelists um, and Priya. Yes. We always like people from, you know, Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to chime into and don't forget folks uh, all you budding musicians sign up for the record day uh a record store day canada unsigned is the contest go to the website and who knows you could get your music out on vinyl thank you so much to Priya for joining us all the way from toronto um stay safe and healthy all our teachers students and of course our doctors and nurses thank you so much lindsay again we send our love to gray academy and of course, Charlotte and Kristen, always great, and my buddies Rana and Susie. Thank you so much for joining. All right, stay safe, everybody. Thanks, Talia. Thanks, R- thank Robbie. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take
4: care.
2: Take
0: thank care.
2: you.
5: Thanks for listening. This has been a production of You dot com podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company.